Good morning. It is Monday, September 20th, 2021, and this is DC Signal to Noise. All right. Since the last time we checked in, corn and soybean crops have turned into a strange mix of still green and harvest ready. But harvest activity is starting to ramp up very quickly, and that's one of the factors that unfortunately has the corn and soybean markets under pressure to start the week. There is a crisis at the border that even the major networks can't ignore any longer. An estimated 10,000 Haitians living under the bridge in Del Rio, Texas. The numbers are growing daily. Cubans, Central Americans are joining the camp. It's uh, an ugly situation. I'm in a better football mood this week. The Cyclones got a big win out in Vegas. <laughs> I love seeing that. I am AgriTalk host Chip. I did not win $400 million in the Mega or Powerball drawings, Flory. And that's pro farmer policy analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. Jim, good morning. How are you? Pretty good, Chip. Pretty good. Good, good, good. How was the weekend? Uh, did football go your way yesterday? Yeah, I watched some of the games. I watched the one last night that was very oh. exciting. Yes. Yeah. And of course, I like the Baltimore Ravens, so we eked one out there. Yeah. Yeah, that that was quite the ending. Defense steps up again to win a game. So. Yeah, Kansas City needs better defense. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. So, um I want to kick you off on what we learned last week with uh food price and inflation talk jim because it feels like we are headed straight at a conversation about food versus fuel again yeah that and uh we even have the washington post had a big article on why food prices are high chip so when it reaches the mega media like that you know it's a topic. You know, I remember years ago, the only time agriculture was mentioned on the Sunday news show is when mm -hmm. food prices went up. And of course, uh, you know, you know, that's the uh, you know the the one focus, and it typically got errant, you know, discussion on the on the networks. Uh, but uh, you'll mm -hmm. see another update by USDA this Friday in a report, Chip, and they're chasing this thing higher. Food prices are higher, and they're going to go higher. Yeah, that's the bottom line of the conversation that we had with Mark Jordan last week from Leap Market Analytics. Uh, we talked about a chicken shortage. We were both hesitant to use the word shortage in the conversation. But when you break it down and look at the the disruptions that we are seeing on the processing side of things, Jim, it, I don't know what else to call it. And there are some barns, some broiler barns that are sitting empty as the growers and the owners wait for assurances that the birds are going to be able to be processed once they reach market weight. It, it, that's a that's a significant disruption that we are dealing with here now. And and it, you're right about the network coverage and the and the the uh business network coverage in particular but somehow some way jim they find a way to bring this around to climate change 
they do. But, you know, talking about chicken, you've got also demand on the rise. You know, I oh, know yeah. Taco Bell, by the way, which I love, they came, recently came out with the chicken sandwich that's really good and it's reasonably priced. So that means I get two of them, you know. <laughs> and so the demand, and it's much like what we're seeing in the energy markets, Chip. Now, why mm-hmm. do I say that? We've got a dramatic run up in natural gas prices and even coal in Europe, and they're going up here, but not like in Europe. And this is before the winter season even starts. Yeah. And football is just starting, and we know how many chicken wings you know get you know get right. every Saturday, every Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it, it the chicken wing is the most expensive part of that bird now. And it's because of, in large part, because of the tailgating that happens out there. Yeah. Uh, so we started talking a little bit about trade there too, Jim, and uh, we we continue to get confirmation and more and more evidence that China's presence in the corn market, in the bean market, it, it's it's not going away anytime soon, is it? Wheat. They're, they're now the, the world's biggest importer of wheat. Yes. Yeah. You, you had the numbers come out from China, you know, showing a huge appetite for world grains and uh, wheat. Yeah, definitely. And of course, we know the soybeans. And let's go back. We've had uh, Greg Dowd. Remember, he was the mm-hmm. ag guy at the U.S. Trade Rep's office. The last ag the- guy. Yes, he was the first one to tell us that this uh, China corn interest in in U.S. and Brazilian corn was not going to be a one-shot affair because of uh, the significant uh, um, uh, announcement in China uh, that no longer could they use up to 50% of swill or garbage in their feed rations, Chip, and I think he was spot on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Secretary Vilsack, because we do not have an undersecretary for trade at USDA right now, Secretary Vilsack was at the G20 uh, Ag Ministers meeting in Italy last week. What did we learn from that, Jim? Well, there again, they talked climate change. You know, that just is on their agenda all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I think now that's taking a back seat now, at least in the markets and in this township, because of uh, the weekend developments and this week's developments on the infrastructure bills, you know, and the debt limit. <clears throat> we had the back page special in Pro Farmer of all these. It's almost like a ruby cube of uh, the key issues that the Democrats are going to have to push against uh, across the, you know, that line. And it's getting increasingly murky, Chip. Uh, And you're seeing it reflected in the marketplace today. The equities markets are going to have a huge downturn on the open. You can easily predict that on a combination, not just from Washington, but on China's concerns about their uh, real estate companies uh, uh, over there, Chip. Yeah, that evergreen situation over there is uh, pretty dire right now. I got to believe that the Chinese government is going to step in and fix that, though. Uh, you know, they, they've well, it's like China is like a Federal Reserve in that they're their own printing press. Yes, you know that's how yeah. I would 
write it for Pearl Farmer. But also in Pearl Farmer, we mentioned the debt limit. Uh, mm -hmm. That's a high stakes yep. uh, a battle between uh, Nancy Pelosi, the House Speaker, and the minority leader, Mitch McConnell from Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And you could feel it building in this township. And that's why yep. Brian asked me to write the page four. And uh, we don't know how that's going to end. And never did I think I'd write that you could at least the odds were growing that we could actually default. I'm not predicting yeah. it, but at least the odds well, are there. And the markets are, are are discussing that today. Right. And I think we'll talk a little bit more about that as the, as the conversation continues. I, I, I did want to mention one thing, Chip. On last it, week, we had a dairy policy hearing. We don't talk dairy okay. much. But, you know, I was told almost 50 years ago, if I ever understood dairy policy, it was time to retire. Well, I, <laughs> I still can't retire. I don't understand it totally. But all the issues are the same. This town tries to do dairy policy with one size fits all, and the hearing made clear that you cannot and should not do that, but yet we continue to do it. The smalls versus the medians versus the large uh, enterprises. And we're not going to get this thing fixed until we have a multitude of policies in the dairy market. Okay. So all of that conversation started with a question about Chinese trade and the amount of uh, product that China is bringing in. I want to go back to that because Secretary Vilsack kind of, chided the market-based component of the U.S.-China trade agreement, Jim. Um, I'm not exactly sure why he's what why he did that. That surprised me too. Not only recently, again, he's an intelligent uh, human being, Chip. We all oh, yeah. agree on that. Yeah. But he's been tone deaf lately, and now mm -hmm. I think he's market deaf. You know, uh, because they set up that uh, agreement, being they, meaning the uh, Republicans in the USTR at the time, Lighthizer and Greg Dowd, to be market significant, market moving mm -hmm. and, and market compliant. So I, I don't know. It, he's just been odd lately relative to his op-ed on the stepped up basis and things like that. So I'm a little confused right now on on uh, on Vilsack uh, because the Post also had a story, Washington Post, last week that the progressives, meaning the far uh, left liberals in the Democratic Party, are now coming around to really like Vilsack because of some of his yeah. policy moves. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Now, let, let's stay on that and go back to the tax issue because late last week, you, you've been asking the question time and time and time again, where did USDA's analysis on the, um, uh, on the step up in basis and the estate taxes, where was that analysis? Where did it originate from? Well, ERS finally put out a report late last week, right? Yes, because it didn't come from the, although the top economist is over ERS, they did issue a report, but it wasn't as significant of a, of a, of a, of a it wasn't as watered down as Vilsack made it appear, because when you look at the numbers, you know, right. it showed an impact. And and uh, when you segment the 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 growers out, Chip, and you know this, the larger the producer, the bigger the impact 
on yes. this one. That should be logical, you know. But how many times do we have to say the the larger farms produce the most production, and they they were going to be hit? So I, again, uh, you you cherry pick numbers, which Vilsack has been doing on this to prove anything, but it doesn't hold water. It would have ha it would have a dramatic negative impact on the structure of agriculture as we know it now. Now, if they want a transformational change. Uh, they should do what they want to do, but that's not the way to go on, on, you know, farm policy and tax. Right. That, exactly, Jim. Um, and when I made contact with uh, uh, Paul Niefer from Clifton Lar Larson Allen, as soon as you alerted me to the fact that that, uh, that that report was out, went straight to Paul said, have you seen this? He hadn't, he went through it quickly. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't have a blog post out on it already this morning. I haven't checked. Yes, but um, uh, he got back to me immediately and said, "Jeff, just look at what they're at their definition of a farmer. They keep going all the way down to one thousand dollars in gross sales. Yeah. If they would do the analysis on those with five hundred thousand in gross annual sales, the number of farms affected and significantly affected in a negative way would be very high. Yes, very high." Yes, I want to. I want to see Seth Meyer, the uh, you know, yeah. you know, chief economist, quoted because he knows his stuff, and yeah. I want him to say, okay, what's the real impact on the efficient or the producer who uh, who is really in the ag sector who produces the the vast majority of the U.S. production? Of course, it would have a major negative impact. Right. Right. Okay, now is a good time to remind everyone that if you would like to be part of the conversation, there is a comments tab over on the right side of your screen. Just click on that and the dialog box will come up at the bottom of the page, bottom right hand corner of your page. Go ahead and type in your question or your comment and we will uh, do our best to include it in the conversation as we go here. Let's take a look at the week ahead, Jim. Uh, you've already gotten there, but both the House and the Senate are back in D.C. Uh, there is going to be progress on the reconciliation bill this week. Yeah, well, we've had a step back. Two, two interesting things. The Senate parliamentarian on Sunday evening ruled that the immigration language that the Democratic leadership wanted in this reconciliation that would have given uh, around 8 million people the status, a potential status of citizenship, uh, Chip, she nixed it. And she says, no, that doesn't qualify for you know, budget reconciliation. Now, the Democrats have uh, Plan B and Plan C, so eventually they'll come out with something, the green card, uh, you know, you know, so to speak. But it won't be 8 million uh, you know, people. So that was yeah. one development over the weekend. Now, this morning, the House Budget Committee, uh, Committee announced that it would not, repeat, not mark up its portion, and that's the big one, of the you know budget reconciliation, so that means some deadlines are not going to be met, Chip. Uh, so does that mean Pelosi has to postpone uh, the vote on the traditional infrastructure bill that she pledged uh, by September 27th? Uh, uh, how how much uh, later will we eventually have a vote on the three and a half trillion dollar, uh, you know, probably lower, <clears throat> you know, budget uh, human infrastructure? Uh, uh, bill. All these things are up in the air right now, Jeff. Jim, I saw Senator Sanders again 
over the weekend on the you know the news shows and senator sanders is not backing off on this if if it goes from three and a half trillion which he says is the starting point <laughs> and build from there but if it comes if it slips to under two trillion dollars which is where most people think it's going to end up will will there be enough of the far left the progressive support for president biden to get the votes that he wants no you can't get it out it's going to be increasingly hard to get it out of the senate because uh they need every democrat they, yeah. So if Sanders, how will they finesse it to get Sanders to vote? Now, all the tension has been on Manchin and Cinema from Arizona, Manchin from West Virginia. But, you know, if Bernie votes no, uh, it'll implode. And then what does that mean? If that implodes, then what does that mean for the uh, traditional infrastructure the bill? Will, will enough Republicans still want to go along with that to offset the uh, progressives, the far left liberals who won't vote for it. So again, we have the potential of both of these things imploding, Chip, where just a few weeks ago, that was not in the cards. So uh, that's why all these, uh, you know, dominoes are, are in the, uh, our balls are in the air right now. And Pelosi has worked wonders before, but now she's, as I said before, this is a Rubik's cube. Uh, how is she going to handle all this? Okay, I, Jim, I don't ask you to do this very often because I know how hard it is. But go ahead and and solve the Rubik's cube. How's this thing going to end up? I don't. Uh, the Democrats uh, should get at least one out of the two. I cannot imagine them letting go the traditional infrastructure bill. So I would predict that will go. I'm in the iffy iffy category now under the human infrastructure. But if that's the case, that is a major blow to the transformational uh, goals of uh, you know President Biden and the Democratic leadership. The votes just may not be there because you've got Manchin now saying, uh, let's wait until 2022 for this second yeah. part. It's just not ready. So that's how I would predict it, Chip. I, I see still the, the, the need for, of course, and the support for the traditional infrastructure. I think the votes are still yeah. there, but it's not a certainty that we thought before. Okay. So take, take it over to the house for us. If, if, um, if we try to advance the physical infrastructure bill without the human infrastructure, the social infrastructure, the build back better plan, whatever it's being called this week, without that to the house, it doesn't pass the house. The, the physical does, does it? No, because see, this these things are linked. You you remember yeah. uh, Biden f uh, uh, flubbed up initially <laughs> by saying these things are linked, and they are. You know, yeah. he told the truth for a while there, and so that's why some people are saying, you know, I'm not going to rule out both of these things uh, imploding. Uh, again, maybe they'll promise to come back with another reconciliation bill. Uh, uh, next fiscal year, Chip, but that assumes that they're going to control both chambers of, uh, you know, Congress. Uh, so okay. that's so, dicey. Right. So the reconciliation bill is probably going to end up containing something.
that is supposed to be reserved for a reconciliation bill, or I should say a reconciliation bill is supposed to be reserved for things like the debt ceiling and, and growing the debt ceiling. Yes. And they're going to end up stuffing that in there too, right? Well, uh, the, it'll be, well, no, this week there's, there's a chance that Pelosi will, will package a, a continuing resolution bill, stopgap spending measure, because the fiscal year ends at the end of this month, Jeff. And so they're going to vote on a stopgap spending bill, a CR, continuing resolution bill. We don't yet know whether or not she'll include a a, a change in the debt limit language, uh, suspended, I think, is what they'll do uh, another year or two. Uh, but in the Senate, uh, McConnell has says that won't fly in the Senate with Republicans. Now remember too, they they're they're going to need they're going to need you know Republican votes. Yep. Uh, so uh, it's just, it's just murky, and this is why it has major financial market implications. Yep. This is a really big, uh, you know, uh, more than a kerfuffle between uh you know Pelosi and McConnell now Washingtonians love a battle like this but it has you don't risk you don't risk a default on a on a battle like this so we're going to see who who calls the bluff first right dow is off more than 500 points this morning the s&p 500's off more than 60 the nasdaq even the nasdaq the t- the tech happy equities uh, off more than 230 points this morning, Jim. Yeah, that's a lot. That those markets are showing a high level of concern over what you're talking about. That this debt ceiling issue is going to become a major issue, and it and it's going to be a major issue and a major talking point when the Fed gathers on Wednesday, right? Uh, yes, we're going to see the majority of, of analysts. I think Bloomberg ran a survey. They're they're thinking that announcement will be made to throttle down a beginning in November to take effect in December. That's still in the cards, Chip. But you still have this inflation bug that the Federal Reserve constantly says is transitory. That the that the numbers are still not showing that it's transitory. Wherever you look, did you try to buy a pumpkin lately? You know, that's gone way up and it's just not in the food area. We, we've discussed uh, in, in our daily pro farmer updates, the dramatic increases in ocean uh, you know, freight rates yeah. and and all sorts of problems, not only in the rates, but finding people uh, to work, uh, truck drivers in this town. And it's affecting a potpourri of U.S. products. Yeah. And that doesn't go away short term. Yeah. 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 Um the disruptions on the processing side and the labor issues in particular, Jim, I did want to make the comment or have a a conversation about this because I got a comment from Christine McCracken at Rabobank last week when we were talking about some of the disruptions that were happening at processing plants. And her comment was when we look at the labor situation, and I'm going to paraphrase and I'll probably use words that I know Christine wouldn't use. But when when you see a Wendy's or a McDonald's now paying as much as the processors were, it, laborers, workers are having to make the decision, 
do I want to make 15 bucks an hour to flip burgers or 15 bucks an hour to butcher a bird? Most of them are going to flip burgers. Yeah. Most of them. That's going yeah. to be their choice. So the uncertainty on the labor issues at the processing plants, we feel like we've, we, we are getting some of the health concerns under control. But the labor and the labor situation is not anywhere close to settled. In fact, there, it's Jim. going the other way, Chip. Yes. The Wall Street Journal had a story today that in many companies, they're asking existing workers to work longer hours, yeah. which is leading them to get more burnout, et cetera, and, uh, which is another factor in a number of people quitting their jobs. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, again, uh, we're, when it did, did, we're in a different era right now, and it looks like it's going to take a year or longer to work these uh, you know, things out. Right. Right. Okay. House Ag Committee on Thursday is going to have a hearing on the carbon markets, right? Yes. And I'm going to only listen for two questions to see hopefully if they're asked <laughs> and answered. How do you measure carbon and how do you price it? And until yep. I get those answered, I would tell any producer, uh, grower and, and livestock producer, don't sign anything on, on this topic because uh, you, you got to have those questions answered. And I've been in too many meetings on, on carbon, you, you know, market ship trading thing. And it all comes down to very few people have any answers. So right. until then, this is too, you know, it's, it's e-liquid market. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how it continues to grow and expand from here. Uh, talk a little bit about the rail business, Jim. Uh, we've got Kansas City Southern going to have a shareholder meeting uh, later this week, isn't it? Yeah, Friday. Friday. Okay. And one of them pulled out and th they'll probably approve it, you know. So so that's the, at least that's the consensus amongst the okay. people that I checked with, Jeff. Okay. So I think that could be done far for now. I think it'll pass muster on that one. Okay, good. Good. Okay. Good to hear that. Uh, the OMB continues to kind of schedule and reschedule meetings around the renewable fuel standard. What is going on? We had an interesting development. We had a front page story in Pro Farmer this week that that reason that, you know, we have some of our best sources. Uh, it's like a dart, though, on a, on a dartboard, uh, predicting that uh, EPA would likely make an announcement no later than September 27th on the uh, RFS, on the, the uh, you know, mandatory uh, obligations and amongst other uh, issues. However, in the schedule that OMB had to meet people, it got into early October. So how can you announce something when you haven't met with all the stakeholders? Uh, mm -hmm. Now, this morning, they put the late, the one in October, they canceled it. So that's giving at least more credence that uh, by, I think, the week of September 27th, we could actually have an announcement. But, boy, predictions on timing of RFS, uh, yeah, you, you know, press releases, a chip or a dime a dozen. I, I wrote this morning, it's the it's about the odds of getting a hit against, uh, you know, Scherzer, okay? Yeah. But, but we're starting to see logic add up here that they're getting closer to, an announcement because we track very closely pro farmer whose OMB is meeting with. And yeah. now it's, it's, it's getting down to decision time at the, at the, it's sometime we think the week of September 27th. 
Okay. Okay. Let's go global for just a moment here. On Thursday, the United Nations is, is going to hold its first ever food systems summit. This is all the different groups bringing in their sustainability plans, right? Yes. Uh, group think. Okay. You usually get in trouble when you have group think. So we got to see what comes out of that and what the U.S. commits to in a global perspective. I, I think the key on the United Nations meeting that begins today, you've got our President Biden uh, you know, going to uh, give a speech. Uh, this is following a major uh, issue with France, one of our allies, and we already have uh, you know, feathers ruffled, Chip, relative to the Afghanistan uh, withdrawal. Some people would say retreat on that. So our standing in the world is just uh, not uh, nearly as lofty as Biden uh, indicated would be the place when he ran for president. So all that is embodied in this United Nations. Uh, our president is going to face a tough crowd in his speech at the at the UN in New York. On the food angle, again, uh, leaders talk, talk, talk. It's what they do, do, do that's important. Yeah. So I think uh, Americans now are tired of this talking. They want to see doing. Yeah. Uh, this puts us in a tough situation with... Uh with the rest of the world because I, I I I've been hesitant to mention this because people love to jump on comments like this. I'm not too sure that this president is up to addressing the United Nations, Jim. Well, there's always teleprompters. He is a good reader. Okay. Uh, so uh, they won't, it'll be curious whether or not they have a press conference and yeah. because he's handled, uh, there's no doubt. And yeah. I'm being fair here. I mean, he, when he goes off off the cuff, uh, his own internal people have a push button, you know, almost, yeah. and they tell him who to talk to and things like that. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, you don't want to see any president of, a, of especially our great country, you know, you know be in that situation. But uh, I think he'll give a good speech. I mean, he's got good speech writers, yeah. but uh, if, it, if it goes into... Uh, you know, questions that he doesn't control, uh, you know, uh, that could be interesting. Okay. Jim, you got to turn in, tune in to RFD TV tonight, seven o'clock central time for the farm on benefit concert. Okay. Yes. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a great show. We, and we want it to be part of a benefit. So please, this is very simple. You can text the word farm on one word farm on to the number two zero two 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 to make a ten dollar donation to the FFA Foundation. We'd love for you to do that, and we want to make it a great success. We've got uh, an update on what is going on down at the Gulf with uh, uh, the at the export facilities following Hurricane Ida's damage this morning at ten oh six, and of course we're talking markets this afternoon at 206 and have a great weekend talk, talk yeah. about the damages in this continuing resolution we may have significant oh. funding for whip plus for 2020 oh. and 2021 crops and, and livestock so i would that's another element talking about damages and that's one of the things that could that they could slip into the 
reconciliation bill. Oh, the CR. The oh, CR. the CR. The, the, that's right. The continuing, continuing resolution. resolution bill. Yeah. In order to get enough votes. So uh, that's right. what Pelosi can do. Remember, she's got uh, she's uh, good she's at got it. Got some maneuvers, and she's good at it. Yes. So I would watch that. But a lot of my emails are on Whip Plus, and so that that's a big focus that I have this week on you know whether or not the language will be included. Beautiful. Thank you, Jim. Sure. Have a great week, everybody. Keep watching for those signals. Thank you.